Hey Panthers fans, <laughs> this is Alex Bryant along with Ricky Reigns, and we're talking training camp day one. Man, finally here. Oh man, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, and I can't remember how I felt, and I was also a lot younger then, when like when right when we got Cam. Mm-hmm. I think that because I don't think we know knew what we had in Cam, because like when Cam came out, it was kind of like a, is he actually gonna be good in the NFL? Who right. knows? Kind of thing. And we didn't really have a great team where it feels mm-hmm. like our team, our core guys, were, had been way better for any quarterback that we brought in um, right. in my history of being a Panthers fan. So I think this might be the most excited, exciting offseason I've ever had. I don't know totally. how you feel. I think that's fair. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When Cam came in, I think that he wasn't even projected to be the number one pick. And we like it felt like we reached for him. This guy is like a big pocket passer. How is he going to translate to the NFL? Yeah, like everyone wanted us to take Blaine Gabbert, yeah, right? Yeah, Wasn't that yeah. the Blaine Gabbert fiasco? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, who was the other guy? It was uh, um, uh, the guy that went uh, – was it the guy that went to Notre, uh, Notre Dame? Um, um, he's on uh, ESPN now or the college football. Um, oh, Brady Quinn? Brady Quinn? was What is he that I year? don't think he was in that draft, was he? Somebody went I, to Cleveland that year, I think. It could have been Brady. Yeah, I, I it was a, it was a Cleveland. Somebody went to Cleveland that year, and it because it, it's on Sports Illustrated cover. It was like yeah. Cam uh, Gabbert, and then this other guy. And I'm, I'm yeah, you sure, might be right about that. Actually, I think it was like Brady Quinn. And it's so yep. funny, like like Man. nobody wanted us to take Cam. And talk about dodging a bullet twice, yeah. right? <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. So if we'd have ended up with Jimmy Clausen again over Cam Newton, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that'd have been a wrap. Um, or like Chris Winkie or, you know, all the oh, misses that we had. But I do, we did not miss on this dude. This Bryce. No, I'm feeling great about Bryce, man. man. That is, uh, obviously he's the big story, right? Yeah. Um, number one overall pick and all that. But from everything reported today, it doesn't seem like much of a fluke. Um, yeah. Oh <laughs> man. And I, I've never, even when we had like Luke and Thomas Davis and our vets that came mm-hmm. in like locked in all the time. These guys, like, seeing them on the podium, like, you see um, uh, Aiden Hurst yesterday, yeah. Horn, and um, even Miles Sanders. Like, Miles Sanders doesn't want to talk to anybody. Miles Sanders right. is like, I am sick of you guys disrespecting me. <laughs> like, these guys are ready to show their shit, and I am yep. all for it. I am Absolutely. all for it. Yep. Um, man, so, so, I mean, I think we both did the same thing. We were like, because we can't, we weren't there. You know, you're going to be there, but I, I can't be there in New York. Uh, right. I, uh, you know, I just get all my information from Twitter, and I'm watching all the videos and like who's posting what, and like kind of mm-hmm. and kind of gauging my, um, uh, what I think about what's going on through the clips that I'm getting on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Will Kunkel does like a um, a breakdown of 11 on 11s. Um, you see the drills. So I thought like a good way to kind of go through this is like, so I'm sure we saw the same clips. So mm-hmm. I think. I kind of want to just give you a what I saw, yeah, and kind of I'm gonna make I'm gonna say kind of what it made me feel and what, what I thought about it, and you just give me like what how what you think if, if that if, yeah. I, if you, think you agree with me or you have a different um, thought about it uh, because I think this is the cleanest way to way to do it. Also, how are you? I feel like I. Uh, it was, it was, like, between one and two was like a day. Then uh, between yeah, two and now and all of a sudden is, it's been the like uh, year long week in between. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, everything is good here, man. I've uh, I've just been trying to get things in order so that I can get down there to Spartanburg. I'll be down there this coming Saturday, and then I'll be down there for the joint practices on the ninth or eighth and ninth of August. 
Um, or is it ninth to tenth? Yeah, that's really good. Man, I'm looking so forward to that. Ooh, that is an, that is an incredible experience, man. You remove just the Panthers aspect of it, getting down there and watching the Aaron Rodgers experiment with with that team, that defense against Bryce in this offensive scheme. Uh, there's just so many things to be excited about. Um, so I've been getting ready for that. We got Fan Fest on the second. I'll also be there for that. So there's a lot of interactive yeah. things going on to be involved with. So. I've been trying to stay in the house as much as possible <laughs> beforehand. You're, like, you're, like, you're making like flyers and like t-shirts and stuff like that for like kids <laughs> like to hand out. You know? I should, right? I really should. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put a bunch of your own money. Still a when it comes to any kind of like marketing and, and social media and stuff like that. Like <laughs> I, I'm still like a newspaper reader. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I looked at my wife and she was like, uh, um, "Yeah, how, like I need, I need to find a way to get all this stuff in like one spot. You think they would have mm-hmm. something like that?" And she was like, "You mean like a link tree?" And I was like, "A what?" <laughs> And she's like, you don't know what a link tree is? Of What? <laughs> no, babe, I'm talking about stuff on the internet, not trees. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? Oh, man. So talking about a dinosaur when it comes to... No, but to, shout out uh, to your wife because that's, that's the brains of the operation here. Yeah. I appreciate that link yeah. tree. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, now so y'all like, can find us on every platform that yeah, you want to listen to. one spot. Yeah, I was, right. I was like, how, how, So I was like, should I put my, like, my YouTube on like the Instagram and then you know go to Twitter and then you put a website out there and I... Should, what are you talking? What are you talking about, Alex? <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, so yes, I'm an idiot, and thank God I have my life. Um, yep. But cool. Uh, pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. pineapple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I shit! I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Um, We're probably uh, gonna say pineapple a fair amount on this pod. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm just. I I have a day off. I'm just so pumped up, and I'm just like probably just gonna blab and blab and blab and blab, but. You got to keep me on the rails. I yep. have like my little check sheet. So like, I'm going to kind of stay, yeah, let's stay do in the lane. So yeah. So number one, I think we all saw all the clips. Bryce Young's really good. Yeah. Bryce Young is really good at football. And I think, and you I mean, you hear from when Frank Bright came to the podium today where he's like, yeah, Frank, yeah. Bryce, uh, what, what, what did Fitterer say about him? He's a grown man. Mm-hmm. He's yep. a grown man. He was even referring back to that dinner that they had in the pre-draft process. He says he's yeah. unflappable. You know, yeah. he comes in. There's nothing you can do to shake this dude. Yeah, I so like I don't know if you ever went to summer camp when um, like uh, you were the young kid there and like you were been nervous your first time at summer camp and you know like it took you a while to like kind of you know, not be scared anymore and kind of like introduce like meet people and like what, get get like that. This is a rookie quarterback that's like a leader of men, yeah. like grown ass men, and stepping just, in day one day on his twenty second birthday with the with day the one. vets arriving, and look yeah. like he belonged. Yeah, yep. talking to the media like he's been there forever. Like this dude turned twenty two yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, twenty two. Yeah, that's it's nuts, man. I, I, I remember when I was twenty two years old. I'm not sure that I really do remember all that much from when I was 22 yeah, years old, and that's I, I probably the problem. That. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was not talking to 30-year-old men and telling them what to do with the line of nope. scrimmage and nope. pointing them in the directions they were going to and, – and say, hey, listen to me. I'm leading you. That's right. I definitely was not doing that. Um, definitely didn't want to be in front of a camera, like, talking about <laughs> anything. Uh, man, this guy, I, I, I love that we got that pick. He is – I think he's been really good for a really long time. Um and uh, so going right into Bryce, of course, we're going to go to Bryce. It, Bryce Thielen. Bryce Thielen is going to be Herbert, Keenan Allen. It's going to be any kind of connection that you have with a young guy, um, an older vet. 
that we've seen yet. Keenan Allen, I think he catches 80-plus balls this year. You mean Adam Thielen? Yeah. You said Keenan Allen. Yeah. Adam Thielen <laughs> is Cooper Allen. Out, I would love that, yeah. too. I think that he uh, could also catch 80-something balls yeah, this year. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, though. I, it's that, it's that rookie-veteran connection, right? But even more so than that, you can take it a step further and say it's that veteran route technician, um, somebody that can create that space without having to have the overbearing, overwhelming physical advantages that some of the younger guys do have. Um, and they just use that wildly out there with that athleticism, just being better and more gifted than everybody else. Yeah. Um, we saw that connection in that rapport today. Um, yeah. A couple of really nice throws, a couple of anticipation timing type of throws where he found Thielen when you would expect him to look for that security blanket. It's a nice thing to see, man. And and you know that it kind of gets us back into this whole thing with Bryce Young, right? It's the question about it is, is he going to make this immediate impact right away? Yeah. Because, well, <laughs> we heard our own head coach make a couple of comments about that, right? Oh. Yeah. And then that set everybody up to a little bit of what does he mean? Like, are, are we that far off still? What was the comments? I think you you were telling me exactly the comment earlier. Yeah, he said, I got it written down. He said, it's a two to four year project with every sense of urgency to win every game and make the most of every day. Those things can both be true. Yeah. So that set off like an internal panic on some fans, right? Because they heard two to four years and they were like, we're two to four years away from competing. From yeah. actually trying to... It's better than take, the seven years that our, the rule gave us. Yeah, right. <laughs> seven years to become his own agency or whatever it was that he was rambling about that day. Um, but no, so here's the deal. That two to four years, I mean, there's nothing to be scared of with that. You're talking about a franchise quarterback that you drafted to be your franchise quarterback for the next decade, if yeah. not longer. Two to four years is saying he is a rookie. He just turned 22 there is some acclimating there is some experience that he's going to have to gain before we are going to sit here and proclaim him the second coming right mm-hmm. um that's a fair thing but where i would tell some fans is don't take it all as gloom and doom either right i've got a couple of examples of quarterbacks that came in their rookie year from teams that were below 500 records and they took their teams to very nice records they put up very nice individual statistics and they were long stays on their team um, the obvious linear comparison for Bryce Young in stature and everything else and with this front office that we have is Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks, right? So Russell Wilson was drafted in 2012. In 2011, the Seahawks were 7-9. and nine. Russell was drafted in third round, is that right? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah, so, yeah. He was a third rounder, so he didn't have the pressure and anticipation of a first overall pick that also we traded assets for and all of that kind of stuff. And he didn't uh, – I don't think he was expected to uh, start that year. They brought in uh, Flynn. Um, and then yeah. They were just like, no, Wilson's just better. Yeah, he just earned it. He yeah. earned it in camp. And, you know, it's it's kind of – when we drafted Bryce, we knew that he was going to be the starter at some point in his rookie year. But there was the little bit of caution of we're not saying that he's going to start week one. We're not, we're not going to put any of that undue pressure on him until he's shown that he's ready to go out there and he can command the offense. Well, he's done that. He's quarterback one now. Um, Wilson in 2012, though, took the seven and nine Seahawks to an 11 and five record in 2012 with a wild card berth, and they actually won their wild card game on the road against Washington. Wilson they, put up 300 and, or 3,000 ish yards, 3,100. 
Um, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and four rushing touchdowns on 450-plus rushing yards. That's not inconceivable that Bryce could hit that. Now, without looking strictly at stats, I'm, I'm, I really just want to look at like these records because I think that two to four years is what scared everyone. But there is a realistic path to us being competitive right away, especially with this division. You look at the Dak Prescott rookie year, right? 2016, they went 13-3. and three. 2015, they were 4-12. and 12. You look at Matt Ryan, who is a great, great, great comparison, not because of their physical abilities, but because of what Matt Ryan was heralded for when he came out. Smart guy, knew how to run an offense, wasn't going to be flapped by anything going on in the NFL compared to what he already saw in college, right? He took a 4-12, and 12, 2007 Atlanta Falcons team, to an 11-5 and 5 record. We have Joe Flacco, 2008, took a 5-11 and 11, 2007 Baltimore Ravens team to an 11-5 and 5 record. Then we get Andrew Luck, who is the golden goose of quarterbacks, right? Took a 2011 Indianapolis Colts team with a 2-14 and 14 record to an 11-5 and 5 record in 2012, his rookie year. All I am saying is that if you have the right quarterback with the right coaching staff. Yeah, you're laughing because it's it's perfect, right? <laughs> you take the right quarterback with the right makeup. It's not all just about having these physical skills that are better than everybody else because each one of these quarterbacks, I don't think that you would say outside of probably Andrew Luck, right? Andrew Luck was a guy that was a brick house of a human. He had a rocket for an arm. He had incredible accuracy and he had the brain to match it. Matt Ryan, look, Matt Ryan was a great player, but he wasn't the best at any single field physically but he had a great processor. Dak Prescott, same kind of thing. He wasn't wowing anybody with his physical attributes. He's just solid, man. He understands how to play the game. And that's not a game manager. That's a good quarterback. I think that that's what Bryce Young can do his rookie year. I'm not guaranteeing it. I know that I predicted that we would go 11 wins. Um, so it doesn't hurt my feelings that all of these cops are 11 wins. <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of just to point out the, the two to four years is a realistic, fair thing for Frank Reich to say. Frank Reich is a head coach of this football team. He doesn't want to sit here and make this into a, if we don't do something incredible our first year, it's a failure of this Bryce Young experiment. That would be an irresponsible way of going about things. But what yeah. I'm offering is that there's also optimism. Don't, don't feel bad that we have to wait two to four years. We might not. But if we do, we're still in a good position. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And, um, the year after uh, Seattle went 11 and 5, they won the Super Bowl. So, right. If we right. win the Super Bowl in two years, great. Awesome. And we but have cool. our division as a huge helping point for Got this, it. right? That we, we can slide in as a division winner with nine wins. It is yeah. very realistic that we could do that. I think that's also why we could see ourselves exceed that ceiling of nine. Like, nine is a bare minimum for me. Yeah. If we can't improve this team by two wins with this coaching staff and the additions that we have on this roster, specifically Bryce Young, then yeah, maybe that's a little bit disappointing unless we see a ton of things that give reason for clear optimism. If Bryce Young comes out and just dominates, but we have some injuries and we don't make that record, okay, it is what it is. The whole thing is on Bryce Young and his development and what this coaching staff shows, but there is no reason not to think that we couldn't exceed expectations. Yeah, yeah, I I think that this coaching staff is creative enough. Dude, the Steelers just won nine uh, nine games last year with their yeah. huge injuries and 
I don't think Deontay Johnson got a single touchdown catch. Like mm-hmm. you can you can create wins no matter what. All you right. got to do is not turn the ball over. Uh, Belichick, that team last year was it's not a good team, and they had eight wins. Like if you have a good coaching staff and you have a good game plan, you right. can manufacture wins. Yep. Now, if you have good players on top of that, then you can be special. So and we've got good players. Right, exactly. We have <laughs> I a much am so tired of the than, yeah. yeah, we have a much better roster than uh, the, the Patriots do. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, so we just have to have the coaching staff, and we have the coaching staff. So yep. that's already a thing. And we had players that – it's not like Miles Sanders looked around for a long time. He was like, no. oh, yeah, I'll go do that. It's not like Thielen looked around for a long time. He's like, right. yeah, I'll go do that. Yeah. Like, and and we talk about like so going back to the right comments that was an interview with Albert Breer I believe um, in that same interview Frank was talking about the coaching staff and talking about how he's not stuck in his ways he's a sixty one year old coach but he is not one of those I have to just do what I do and do what I know and that's it he talked about being open and flexible and being able to take on things he compared it to uh, apps right he's like there, there's an app one and then there's an app two this is right 2.0. He's like, we've got some developers on this staff now yeah. talking about the Thomas Browns, talking about the Everos, talking about the McCowns, talking about Jim Caldwell. He's got developers in place Deuce that are Staley. going to, yeah, do Staley. We've got guys in that are going to give input and create new ways of operating yeah. while still doing the things that Reich philosophically believes in and stands on. Right. It, I mean, there is just so much that we should be optimistic about and training camp today kind of highlighted that. Now that doesn't go to say though, there wasn't some down parts too though. Right. We even talked about it, me and you last time with Bryce and what we were looking for in training camp. What is going to happen when you have some bad opportunities, when, when things don't go exactly his way, he had a, he had a bat batted pass, I believe today, mm-hmm, yep. a couple of balls that were just off target. Mm-hmm. Um, the big plays that happened actually happened after those plays. Yeah. The oh, DJ yeah, yeah. deep connections. I know you love that. I know that you were in your house just going Woo! absolutely ape shit when oh, DJ yeah. Chark went for a couple of big connections. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but those happened after some of those um underwhelming throws from Bryce. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I say underwhelming loosely, man. It gets training camp. There's it's it's also even everybody th- does it. Like everybody has yeah. bad throws. And you also have to take it. Throws. You also have to take the good with a grain of salt, right? Because yeah. he had a couple of throws that were very nice connections, but the defenders were coming freely at him. Mm-hmm. That in a real game situation, nine times out of ten, that's a sack. Yeah. Um. But he continued. He he rolled out and he made a nice play. One of those was a Thielen catch, um, where he did a nice little roll out and caught him on a bootleg. It it's still with though the, one of those situations. Like, you know, he's draping small, his but, arms over him. Yeah. yeah but yeah, you know, he put a like nice little finesse over it, it though and just laid it right over top. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like it's a nice nuance to the way that he throws the ball, right? Yeah. That's the thing, too, that he's not the Will Levis where he's just going to have to throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball the entire time that he's playing. He's got the really nice touch that a savvy veteran develops over time. Yeah. It's just yeah. a lot to be excited about, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, let's keep on going down the offense because mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of things, like, we, like we touch on all, like, a, like a, a lot of like Bryce-specific things. Yeah. There's also a lot of things that we're doing um, that – I think people are so concerned about weapons, 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 whatever. Yeah. We're, it, what, one of the first reports I saw is that it looks like we're using a lot of tight end crosses, a lot of mm-hmm. two tight end sets. Tight uh, end screens, of, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Motion. So like, exactly. 
And so a lot mm-hmm. of it's like with the Pats too. The Pats don't have great receivers. They get they get yards though. They manufacture yeah. yards. And that's what Reich has always done. That's what um, Thomas Brown coming from. Um, if you look when they had Everett and Higby, how many mm-hmm. uh, tight end catches that they had. So it's, it's it, it, you don't need your receivers to do a ton. Um, right. And it looks like we're not going to do a lot of three wides. It, it, I mean, a lot of three receivers here. We might not even do a lot of um, two receiver sets. Uh, we might do like a, a lot of um, uh, two tight end sets. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, it's, a lot of twelve and thirteen personnel, and that's that's a that's a right specialty too. Our, our first two rounds, this is uh, from uh, from uh, eleven on eleven drills uh, mm-hmm. from Will Kunkel. Run, Thielen, run, Thielen, run, shy, run, deflection, Thielen, Chuba, uh, um, throwaway, Lafisca, Miles, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's yeah. run, run, Thielen, run, Thielen, run, Thielen. Right. But I think we're, we're gonna, gonna run the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that brings my, my next point. Um, I think we think that Miles is going to be the, the the heavy three down back. Mm-hmm. It's starting to seem like to me that it's going to be more of a, a Aaron Jones situation where he's like the heavy fat back, but sure. he still like gives up a lot of the running duties to um, uh, who's a uh, Quadzilla over there. They have um, uh, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon, yeah. yeah. I think Chuba is going to play a lot of that Dillon role, and I think I think we're going to see a lot more Chuba than we thought we would. Um, so I think I can see Chuba getting 25, 30% of the snaps. Um, and then the, and I would say that um, Miles Sanders gets maybe 60% with some black shear. Right. I don't know if, what you so think about Chuba, that. Chuba's got some fans within this building. You can tell that. Um, yeah. Fitterer was asked yesterday um, at a rival presser um, about which players from the old regime had the best chance or had the look of a breakout player this season under the new regime. And Fitterer, for a second, you know, did the whole politically correct. I'm thinking about this, like, let me think. I don't want to say a name and, and play favorites or anything like that. But he did eventually say, you know, Chuba. Chuba's looked really good, and we're, we're feeling really good about Chuba Hubbard. And with good reason. You know, Chuba improved last year. There was people that didn't care for him and wanted him off this team. And, and look, man, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But Chuba did progress as a player. His hands were better. They were a little bit more adequate. I don't think that that's necessarily a spot that he excels in and is going to like become the next Darren Sproles necessarily, but he's not inadequate. He can't, it's not that he cannot catch the ball out of the backfield. So he still provides that multiplicity that you want coming out of the backfield. Reich has talked about it. Scott has talked about it, that we're going to use our running backs in a multitude of ways. And I think that that's where kind of what you're talking about with AJ Dillon, right? A.J. Dillon is a bruiser back. That's what he is known as. But he also catches the ball. And it's not necessarily because that's where his he makes his money, but he's capable of doing it. And you have to be able to keep people honest on defense. And that means having a complete back to do that. I think that Chuba can do it, man. And I think that you're right. I think that we're going to see a little bit more of a split than anticipated originally. And I'm looking forward to that because if Chuba keeps progressing, he's got the raw skill to be a very impactful player from that running back position. Yeah, it goes back to, I mean, I, I know you, I don't know if you've heard me talk about uh, Hurst, but um, when when people talk, listen, we didn't draft a running back. That mm-hmm. tells you something. Yeah. It tells you we believe in someone else other than Miles Sanders. Yeah. So this, like you said, they gotta be, they have to believe in Chuba. If they didn't, they would have drafted somebody, or they would have at least brought in multiple packs besides one undrafted uh, rookie. 
because uh, yeah. I don't think that Brown's going to – I don't think Spencer Brown's making the roster. I don't think that anybody thinks that – No, and, and if we think that this NFL coaching staff is as competent as we have been saying they are, they're not putting all of their eggs in one running back's basket. Like, <laughs> that would be a very irresponsible way to go about things, right? Mm-hmm. We know that running backs take a pounding throughout the regular season. And that's just from physical hits. That's not even talking about soft tissue injuries or anything like that from the cutting and, and suddenness of the of the game that they play. We went into this season feeling good enough about that position group that we did not make an adjustment. Maybe that makes fans nervous, and rightfully so, because last year we rolled out Deonta Foreman and Chuba. And look, people love Foreman, but he was a journeyman, and he filled in for his role very nicely. Now we have a top 10, top five production running back from last season, plus Chuba, who still does have that potential. We're not going to just run Miles Sanders for 48 touches a game. It is going to be a committee, and they like it. So if, if they like it, we as fans should kind of just take a step back and say, mm-hmm. yeah, man, let's let's see what they got here. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah. So, yeah, people talk, listen. I think that I'm mm-hmm. glad you agree with me because I do think that Chuba's going to have a bigger role than we think yep. he is. And as much as we hate him or hate on him, and I think it's people thinking about his drops and he's yeah. not a good pass catching, or he yeah. hasn't been in his career a good pass catching back. But when he's behind the line of scrimmage, he, he makes some nice runs. Right. He makes a lot of, if you looked at him, uh, what was the game that they rushed for like 300 yards um, in and he just busted like two or three nice runs that game. Uh, it might have was been against the Lions. I think it was yeah, the Lions. I think it was yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He he had some moments, but he, I, I understand the drops are concerning. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that they think that they can help them with that. Can the judge and, and understand that if he improved, that means he improved. Yeah. We don't have to be so tough on him for what he did last year. If right. there is improvement from the year prior and coming into this year, right? Improvement is the name of the game when it comes yeah. to football. Get better at every position every year. Yeah, yeah, and you know we got some pretty good coaches that can, can that can do that. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. We we all know Chark. Chark's gonna be Chark. Like he's gonna make these big, great plays down the field. We know that, right? What I didn't see all day long. Where's TMJ? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That that was a very very quiet day from somebody who has been touted as one of the top breakout candidates of this group. Right. It was all feeling. It was all Chark. Shai Smith even had a nice little sighting. Um, Derek Wright, actually, I think, had a nice play. Um, And maybe it's simply because of the play calling and the way that we were running things. Maybe that just didn't come to fruition today. And also, remember, it's the very first day of training camp. They didn't even have pads on today. There's plenty of time. Not saying that, hey, man, jump off that hype train, TMJ. He's a bust. We're going to trade him. No, not at all. I'm still all in on TMJ. I still think he's got it. But this is going to be the week-to-week um, consideration with this mm-hmm. team. I don't think that you're going to see somebody just slide into that dominant wide receiver one role. We have a very deep receiving group. Maybe we don't have this uh, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup and these just dominant wide receiver ones. We don't have that. But we have, across the board, NFL talent. And we didn't talk a lot about Jonathan Mingo today either. And we didn't, we haven't touched yet on uh, LaVisca Chanel. They had him coming out of the backfield a whole lot today. There is going to be wrinkles to this offense that is going to kind of put a cap on individual statistic production, I think. 
Yeah. Um, Bryce Young's going to play point guard. He's going to share it around. Thomas Brown is going to scheme up looks for everybody. He's going to take advantage of defenses cheating and, mm-hmm. and kind of playing harder on other people. But you're right. TMJ was a name that did not come up today. And we should kind of pay attention to these yeah. next couple of weeks to make sure that that was a one-off as opposed to a constant theme. Yeah. I, I think if you want to be successful in, in NFL, you're probably looking around 35-ish targets a game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a season. Uh, or, or you're talking, you're talking about 35. Okay. Yeah. Pass attempts, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So, so but you were talking about individual receivers. I was like, yeah, bro, yeah. if you're getting 35 targets a yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. But you got to think that I would say Thielen probably gets around 10 targets a game. I mean, I think they're just mm-hmm. dotting Thielen. And then you say yeah. tight, tight ends as a whole probably get eight to 10 targets a game, not just yeah. the hardest, but like in general, all. Yeah. And then you say out of the backfield, you got um, somebody getting five targets. You're already, mm-hmm. at, you're already at 25 targets a game. Yep. And then so between everybody, and then you're going to have Mingo that's sprinkled in with some gadget plays. You're going to have um, LaVisca. You're going to have um, definitely down downfield to Shark. And I think uh-huh. he's going to get more targets than we think you're going to get. Absolutely. I think he'll probably get around five targets a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you just go running back five, um, tight ends 10, uh, and dealing 10, that's already 30, that's already 30 targets. Yeah. And, and you're not going to throw the ball 45 times a game yeah, with a rookie quarterback in Frank's scheme. Right. You're probably around 35. I think it's kind of like where where you kind of want to yeah, be. 30 to overall. 35 sounds yeah. very manageable. Yep. Yeah. I, I just don't see where he fits in, honestly. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, like, like you said, it was, we're going to – Mingo is going to get more and more and more and more and more touches as we go on. And, and I think that might take away more from Thielen than anyone else. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. When you said, I don't know where he fits in, I think it's because there's not going to be – 10 tight end targets every game there's not going to be 10 Thielen targets every game especially if Thielen is the priority in the first few games of the season while everyone's getting their way in and defenses start honing in on that a little bit you're going to see some of those secondary options get more looks as the season goes on I think that TMJ just needs to prove that he is more than just a one-trick pony that is where his um, ability to have a breakout season kind of comes from if yep. he is only that field stretcher and we already had that with Chark, then yeah, there's going to be some headbutting for those opportunities. But if TMJ can kind of say, I'm a little bit more than just the go route specialist. I can run a lot of these inside posts. I can run these crosses. I'm, I'm good with yards after the catch. Mm. Then I think all of a sudden we start feeling comfortable and we start seeing him be integrated a little bit more as a focal point. Yeah, That has to be proven. And that's where training camp is really important for him because this is his first opportunity to prove that he has that wide variety of skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so, man. Because like I, I, the whole the whole day, I was like, what, what, anything on team? Nothing. I agree, man. No, yeah. Um, no, I totally, I totally think that you're right about that. I was looking for that. Yeah, um, I, I do think that we're going to use him a lot in the red zone. I think he's going to be a great jump ball mm-hmm. guy. Um, we don't yeah. really have that anywhere else. Thielen is a, a wonderful uh, red zone presence. But yeah. if we need a guy to go 50-50 balls, like we're going to need him to be that guy. So yeah. I don't yep. think that, that exists in the roster anywhere else. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, anything from the – because, I mean, it's hard to talk um, – it's hard to talk offensive line with no pads on. You don't, don't have really see anything with them. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I've already talked to uh, running back receivers, uh, tight ends. I don't know if there was, like, anybody to actually be excited about because it seems like there's a lot of, like, tight end action, tight end crosses, tight end – like we're going to manipulate tight ends more. Um, yeah, and, and Reich said something about that too in his presser after 
uh, first day of camp, he said something about we're really happy with this group. Um, he thinks that there's potential for each one. Each one of them has their strength and that they're going to kind of deploy them accordingly to that. So you're right. I don't think there's any kind of like, man, did you see that? That was incredible that he was playing in that in that kind of alignment, in that position that we were asking him to do those things. I don't think that that's what we're going to get out of the tight end group. One last thing, though, on Thielen that you were talking about, Reich had a comment on him after the after training camp, and he said, yeah, so Adam is basically like having another coach out there. That's a huge thing, too. And we talk about the young development for some of these guys and just for Bryce. Having that out there and having Reich feel that way about him, man, we've already talked about Bryce being a coach out there for the offense, and now you're talking about Thielen as well. It's just really nice to have these cerebral players on the field so that we don't feel overwhelmed by every single on-field situation that we get in. Last year, it felt like we had a lot of um, shaky feet, right? Mm -hmm. We would start getting amped up, and we wouldn't really know what to do, and there was panic in the air. I don't think there's going to be panic on this team, man. Like, and that's a weird thing to be led by a rookie and not feel like you're going to be panicky. <laughs> but Reich feels comfortable. He likes this team, man. He likes the makeup of it. If you listen to my deep dive on Adam Thielen, that's what – Which everybody coaches, should. Go listen yeah. to the deep dive. <laughs> Plug myself. Yeah. Every every rookie quarterback has that. I don't know why everybody was like, oh, why are they bringing this Thielen guy? He's like mm-hmm. going to be 33 this year. Steve Smith was 32 with Cam. Reggie Wayne was 34 with Andrew Luck. Like, right. what are you talking about? He needs that. Like, yeah. They always have it's that kind setting of, him up for success. <laughs> it was 36 when Kyler came. Like, yep. like, what if we, like, it's like, we, and I get it. I get it. National media hates the Panthers. Panthers fans hate the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. We just always <laughs> are, are nervous that we're doing something wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Just got to relax. Yep. We're doing it. We're doing it the right way. We're doing it the yep. way we, everybody's done it forever. So yep. get get a get a good line, get a good um off, get a good line, uh, get a good tight end, um, get a good. And, and uh, if back. there's if there's one other part of that Reich um, exit presser from today that I really think that fans should listen to and feel really comfortable about going in, it was what he said about Bryce Young, and I believe it might have been David Newton that asked him, and he says. Is Bryce ahead of schedule? Um, is he further along in his development? Is he where you thought he would be? Like, how can you quantify that for us? And this is what Reich said about that. He said, when we decided to draft Bryce, we imagined, we saw the vision that we'd be standing here today with him as quarterback one. They thought that about Bryce as a kid coming out of college, that he would earn his way into quarterback one within the first couple of weeks of OTAs and mini camps. And there has been nothing to change their mind about that. We saw that Andy Dalton's first pass today went for an interception, which we should talk about who picked that off to. We'll get to the defense, but we should talk about who picked that off to because I've got an idea of this weird little uh, linear situation that's happening between this guy that picked that off and my favorite player right now on the Panthers, Frankie Lubu. Um, (laughs) But we saw that Andy Dalton got picked that's off on that first play. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tease, but it's something that I just thought of today, and it, and it does make a little bit of sense in the way that they play and stuff. Um, but with Bryce being solidified as quarterback one, he called it a huge blessing today when asked about it. He's not going to take that lightly. He's going to take it seriously, and he's going to come out and put this team in position to win. And all these pieces around them are on purpose. It's not just a, well, this guy was available. He was cheap, so we got him. This was built with intent. This was all put together with the sole purpose of giving him the best um, 
chance of success early on and from a longevity standpoint? I'm definitely going to edit that clip out for you. Um, my computer just told me that it wasn't charging, and I just realized it wasn't charging, so I'm getting my charger to charge it. Yeah, that's a, that's an important part of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we might edit this all out. Who knows? But I guess it's kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, here's my armpit, guys. Uh, just getting this all. And we're back. Uh, there we is, go. Uh, this is a, a very – very professional uh, pod. It's, yeah, it's what we in the biz call technical difficulties. <laughs> Actually, still not charging. Right, so um, still technical difficulties. Do, 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 do. All right. There we go. We got it. All right, cool. Whew. Awesome. <laughs> it's my first time with a ring light, and I'm like, it's getting me. Yeah, it's a little and, bright, huh? Oh, maybe I need to like, put it down a little bit. Let me see if it... Sorry, guys. Let's just see what happens here. Mm. All right, cool. Let's do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Pineapple. Um, Pineapple. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, maybe I'll just maybe I'll keep the clip, but I won't. Um, I'll, I'll like take it out in the yeah. uh, the pod. Let's get to the defense. All right. See, I know we can't. Let's talk, let's touch about what uh, Fitter said about like what what we need because he said just something mm-hmm. about pass rushers. Um, let me give you his exact quote that he said. Um, he said, "Yeah, I think you always need a pass rusher. We could beef up the offensive line. Uh, we've done a lot of things with receiver, linebacker. No team's ever complete, and you always add whoever. So there's two ways." <laughs> Uh, so there's two ways to take that. Uh, there is, did somebody asked him specifically about pass rusher, I believe. Right. So he said something about pass rusher, but then he said yeah. that he needs, you always need to improve it in the roster. So did you take that as, yes, we definitely need a pass rusher and we're going to get a pass rusher? Or did you say that, yeah, you can always use one and we'll see if somebody's available? I took it more as the latter, okay. I think. Um I think that they know that it would be nice to add a proven, um, productive edge player. I just think that the conundrum that we're in with that is that the available free agents right now that are on that market aren't exactly world beaters. Um, And you're going to end up taking money and paying them. We're still working on the Burns extension. And I'm not saying that that means that we don't have the financial flexibility to add somebody. We do. I just think that what they're saying is that In football, one of the most important positions or one of the most important aspects is getting after the quarterback and making them uncomfortable and speeding them up. You can never have too many people to substitute in and out and do that and keep fresh legs. I just think the problem is that anyone that you add is a relatively situational player, and we're already kind of in this logjam and inundated with situational players Mm -hmm. outside of Brian Burns. I still feel like Marquise Haynes is going to separate from the pack and he's going to earn that opposite starting position. Um, I saw, I believe it was Duncan dunk on demand. Um, I believe that he made note today or no, 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 actually it was Dame. It was Damian Parson made note today that YGM looked noticeably leaner. Um, he had cut some weight. Um, and that's going to help him transition to that outside linebacker position. But again, the only way that it really is going to help is that if he tightens up on his intuitiveness, his recognition, 
and his ability to be fluid on the field once he makes that diagnosis and and reads a defense or reads the offense to actually mm-hmm. succeed. He's got to tighten up the mental part of his game with the physical frame. Um, but if he can do that, then yeah, man, that's that's a really big step for him too. I just still have a little bit of concern about does he have the athleticism to do that. But the free agents, I mean, who are we talking about? Jadavion Clowney? That would probably yeah. be the one that I would feel the most comfortable with because of his ability to set the edge, bigger body, um, used to playing in that 3-4. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is the fan favorite. That's the one that yeah. everyone wants. And I, I get it, man. He's played for Frank. There's familiarity there. He can pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, but he's not a scheme fit. Yeah. He's just not. No matter which way you look at it, he is not built necessarily to play that outside linebacker edge. And he's definitely not going to play a base end. You know, right. that's just not going to happen. Um, so that's a weird fit. I, there's a guy, Trey Flowers is a guy that I see that's on the mm-hmm. market that I would be halfway interested in because he's got the physical composition to play the position that we would want him to. And he does have the production, but he's got a couple of years of injuries and not putting up the production right. um, recently. I just don't know that there is somebody that makes the roster immediately better. And that's what Fitter had as a caveat to all this. Mm-hmm. He's like, if it makes a roster better, we're going to do it. Right. Yeah. I think that's why they haven't done it yet. We haven't seen on the pad with pads on what this group can do. Why panic and add somebody that you're still not even sure could actually, you know, right. upgrade that unit. Yeah. I think um, that, that all around, that's pretty. So we were stuck in DeAndre Hopkins uh, for a while, right? Yeah. Like that we really wanted him. Um, but now that you kind of see the idea behind this offense, mm-hmm. I I just don't know where he really. I mean, you would you would you would change the offense to be around him. Yeah. But overall, I, I don't really see the, the fit with Hopkins because we already mm-hmm. see you're going to tie a lot of tight ends, a lot of running backs, feeling a lot, and then you're going to have other guys like sprinkled in, and you're going to manufacture. And that's what that's what Fitter has always done. That's what he's done going all the way back to uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, he finally had um, uh, Alshon Jeffrey at the end of his career when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Michael Pittman, I mean, he was, he, I mean, he was a good player. Like, yeah, it, he's never really needed that. And kind of same goes for uh, Thomas Brown. With them, I mean, you had you think about like what Robert Woods was two years ago, like three years ago when they had Woods, Cooks. I mean, they were all over the field. They were crazy mm-hmm. offensive talent. But two years ago, when Woods was there before he tore his ACL. Really, a lot of production. It was a lot of Cooper Cup. It was a lot of Higby, a lot of Everett, uh, a yeah. lot of uh, um, running backs out of the outfield, like backfield. So both those guys have always been kind of scheme guys, yeah. And not looking at this X receiver, and I yeah. think the same thing sort of plays in with um, uh, Evero. Is that this is a really complicated defense with a lot of actions, and you got to wear and you got to cover one another because it's, so it's going to be you're going to have to have guys that are more. Um, and that's why YGM, I think, like lost a lot of weight or like got leaner is that he's got to play wear multiple hats like everyone else does in the system, which is right. awesome for the guys that we have. It's awesome yep. for guys like Lulu, uh, Burns, um, uh, uh, Chin, uh, Bell, like those guys, Horn, like those guys can kind of move around and, t- and yep. cover each other and they're like really smart players. So bringing in a guy like Jadavion Clowney, it's like, I just don't know. I don't know because you're going to have to kind of cover – you're going like, to have to like just let him do him and yeah. get everybody else to do everything else. Yeah. I, I think that Jadavion 
The one thing about him, though, is that he had all of the hype around him and expectations. Maybe he didn't meet those from a statistical standpoint, but it didn't seem to crush him from a mental standpoint. Mm -hmm. I think that he's a strong enough guy, both physically and mentally, that he could come on and play a team role. I don't think that he is only here or would only be here for his individual production. I do worry a little bit about the age and the injuries and just that stack up of wear and tear on his body Mm -hmm. about him being able to keep up with some of the scheme designs and things that you're asking. That's what you're talking about, having to cover him and things like that is because if he can't keep up 100% with the responsibilities that he's tasked with, then you're going to ask other people to compensate for that. And that's going to limit the effectiveness of a defense that disguises and has a bunch of actions. Yeah. Um, I just think that we should hold off. Let's see what this group has as far as the edge rushers. Corners is kind of the same thing, which, by the way, man, what a incredible sight to see of J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson out there on the training camp field, cutting, moving fluidly, having no limitations, full clear, full go. Reich did, did preface all of that afterwards by saying some of those guys, meaning Dante, will be kind of like, uh, limited as far as how often we're going to ask them to do yeah. the things they can do everything, but due to the nature and severity of the yeah. injuries, we're not going to push them. There's no yeah, need to, exactly. we want to make yeah. sure that they can do everything. And once we know that they can, we're going to do the right smart things with sports science and everything else right. to keep their bodies healthy and fresh. But Holy shit, man, that was, it was like watching porn at work. When I saw that, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. How exhilarating it is to see these dudes doing, back pedals and cutting on a dime against air they weren't even playing defense against an nfl player and i was ready to just full send we're doing this uh sign me up for super bowl tickets like let me book my room (laughs) you know and and that's not legitimately what i was thinking but i was incredibly amped up at the thought of dante jackson and jc horn being fully healthy and if they can do that for 17 games whole different outlook on this football team, an entirely different outlook. Dude, I might have to go to the rest of the uh, the pod with like no glasses <laughs> on. My glasses like fogging up, man. This ring light is hot. Might have to uh, move it back uh, next time. Um, all right, so talking about that, also you kind of just look like you're at Spartanburg right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like since you're in New York and you can't get down here for camp. You yeah. just really need to crank that heat and keep that ring light on you while you're doing these podcasts. You, like, don't let everyone else suffer while you just sit there in your nice little air conditioned apartment. <laughs> Dude, look at my face. It's like warm. I'm like hot. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Also, Jeremy Chin, man. Jeremy Chin was moving really nicely. Yes, he, he was. He looked, he and, he, and he took some drills in the secondary um, mm-hmm. and he moved around a little bit and took some drills elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to keep that kind of close to the chest to an extent. Um, because they don't really want to tip their hat completely to what they're going to do with him. I also think there's part of that that they are not 100% sure still what they're going to be yeah. doing with him. Yeah. Um, but he has impressed very much for coaches and people in that building as far as his versatility. I think that they anticipated him being a little bit more limited physically than what he has shown to be able to do. It's a matter of putting him in the right positions, which once again, man, we keep going back to it. That's what this staff was brought in for, and we should feel relatively comfortable with getting the most out of a guy like Jeremy Chin. Yeah. I, I did see also, speaking of safeties, Von Bell. The one time that I saw TMJ mentioned is when Von Bell put him on his ass 
<laughs> in in camp <laughs> during a play. He got a little bit too close, a little bit too excited, and put TMJ right on his ass, which is on brand for Von Bell, and it made me happy to hear that Von Bell had not changed and he had not lost that tenacity. He is, man, that is a dude. We have got a ball player back there. Is there like a little bit of like with TMJ, like one of these things is not like the other, like um, all these guys are kind of like, I'm here to prove myself. I'm here to, you know, make my next contract. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. And I got that mindset. It feels like everyone here has that. And we've, we've heard this about TMJ in the past about like, not a big motor, not a, mm-hmm. um, not a, um, he's not going to do, he's not going to overly work on things. And you kind of mm-hmm. see that, like, you know, saw tape, we got like a little excited about, you know, like his off field workouts and stuff like that, but it might just be like, just not in him. And it's just not like these other guys that I think that that was, yeah, that, I, that might be a little, uh, that the, 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 the alphas are just being alphas and he's just not an alpha. It's possible. Um, I don't think it. Um, I'm just saying, like, no, no, no. But is it is it a possibility? Is it like a realistic thought to have? Sure, because it's a conversation that has been had in the past, right? But I think that I have seen enough um, from him in this off season to know that he is taking his craft, his game, and his profession extremely seriously. Yeah, Um, he's been involved in the workouts that Bryce Young and Thielen and some of these other guys have put together in the offseason. Who, who put that together, though? Look, do you, does anybody know who put that together? Was that Bryce? That is awesome. If I'm not sure if it was that? Bryce or not. I'm not sure if it was actually him that, that orchestrated the whole thing. It, it might have been a coaching staff actually, okay. or a coaching member, honestly. I don't think they're allowed to, actually. I, I think that you, a coaching person can't not Not able to set that yeah. up once the OTAs and minis wrap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not exactly sure who it was. It, it might have been Thielen. I think it's, it, it sounds more like something with Thielen, Thielen would do, but if, if Bryce did do it. I'm trying to think of where they held it. It was in Houston, right? Were they yeah, down in Houston? Yeah, SMU, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure who would be down there. Um, regardless of who set it up, they were actively working together towards a goal. And so I think that any narrative, and I'm not talking necessarily about what you were asking, because I think it's a fair question to ask about TMJ because it's been asked before and we haven't seen a tangible result yet, um, like on field in regular season when it matters. We haven't seen an actual tangible result. But from what I saw dedication-wise and effort-wise, no, nah, I, I wouldn't buy into that narrative. I think yeah. that it was probably more of a case of day one being a little bit cool calm and collected let's see how it ramps up let's see the different looks that we you know get a peek at and the usage will change too they mm. probably want to ease Bryce into it get him comfortable put him in successful situations and then kind of like they're going to do with offensive play calling once that is is something that people are used to and it becomes a little bit of a regular occasion throw throw a wild card in there you know mm. what I mean drop that joker down and see what happens maybe TMJ is the joker role yeah, I, I'm not even talking about. And I guess I, I did say something along the lines of dedication. You don't make the you don't you're not in the NFL unless you're without dedication. You right, have to be dedicated. I'm more saying like there's these guys that want every single practice. That yeah. it is that's the do daily mindset, right? It's like yeah. we yeah. are going for it every single day. We're competing every single day, and I think that some guys are like, all right, this is first day. And not only saying they're actively thinking at it, but they're it's no, just but like, they want to. You're right. Yeah. 
They want to make a splash. Like they make a concerted effort to make a notable impression on that first day. I think that's totally fair. And I think that you're right that that did not happen for TMJ today. Whether that was just a coincidental circumstance that it went that way or whether it was because he was kind of um, passive maybe about Mm -hmm. what he was trying to do and how he's trying to be involved. I don't know. I don't think that that's anything to worry about right now. I think that that's strictly a, Hey, let's keep our eyes on this and just see over the next three weeks. Do we still get no reports? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. Quick last thing. Cause I mean, we don't don't have a ton of defense. Uh, Actually do have two things because you wanted to talk about uh, deep uh, defensive back. Uh, Let me touch on um, again on the edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought Haynes looked really good. I thought YGM looked really, really good as far as Mm -hmm. like the way they're moving. DJ Jackson looks awful. DJ Johnson. Johnson, not not Don Jackson. Uh, um, uh, DJ uh, Johnson. Yeah. That dude clunks around and he's big and strong. He's huge. His footwork is not there. He is not light on his feet. He needs a lot of work. I think he's. I think. I think we're not going to see a ton of him um, early on in the season. I think it was Mike K um, that was on a podcast, and he was talking about this. Um, DJ Johnson is humongous, and he, but he just doesn't have a ton of explosiveness. Despite running a four six ish forty um, at his size, which is impressive, he's got nice straight line speed. But Mike was talking about the fact that he doesn't have a ton of fluid explosiveness which is going to be difficult being tasked at playing outside linebacker in the NFL. Um, He has his strength. He has his obvious talent, Mm -hmm. but he never had the production in in, in, a college at the collegiate Mm -hmm. level. So if he didn't have that production there, and he also doesn't have the mind blowing explosiveness and testing and things like that, you do worry a little bit about him getting overwhelmed and being in too deep and not finding success and that hindering his overall outlook and trajectory as well. Um, I will hope that Brian Burns will rub off on him because Brian Burns is one of the most fluid athletes for a man that size that I have ever seen. So maybe he teaches him a couple of nuanced techniques that will help him with his footwork and with his hand placements and bend and all of that kind of stuff. But I did see what you were talking about. There was a couple of those drills where we watched the linebacker drills and I mean, he's straight up, you know what I mean? He's not, he's not bending at all. He doesn't have a ton of flexibility. Um, maybe that's just first day training camp. Again, I'm going to chalk it up as preliminary thought that I'm keeping an eye on without yeah. overreacting, but you're un- entirely right, man. He was one of the only ones that looked a little bit stiff out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we all know the talent. We all know, but you would have thought that during the off season, they would have, somebody right. would have told him something. Hey, yeah. do these drills, work on your footwork this way, lose 10 pounds, whatever they needed to do to get him. If this is like as good as like, if he was worse than this, you know, mm-hmm. three months ago, Oh, like it's a head scratcher to trade up to acquire him. If oh. he was worse than this months ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, he, I, I, it's I something I, to monitor. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you're right. That's something yeah. to monitor for sure. All I'm saying is that if you're excited about him, he ain't going. He he ain't going yeah. to the field. Um, uh, I did hear that. Uh, I did notice a couple of reports that Amari Barno had put a couple of nice pressures on the quarterback when he was out there, which is nice to hear because Mike K had him not making the 53 man roster in his mm-hmm. roster projection, 
Um, and he had been very disappointing so far through many camps and OTAs, almost non-existent, I think is the term that Mike used. Mm-hmm. Um, so him even getting acknowledged today is a really nice moment because I think that this is a very important time for Amari Barno. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody say it might have been actually the pod that Mike was on and he was saying Amari was a third or a fourth round draft pick. He was a sixth round. So mm-hmm. we don't we shouldn't have these high expectations of him anyways. We yeah. just love the raw tools that he came in with. Yeah. And we like the projection of Brian Burns and Amari Barno because they're similar in yeah. speed, you know, speed to power, power to speed type of situations. Mm-hmm. That's the profile that he fits a little bit more. And it's also the complete opposite of YGM, which is why people don't like YGM is because yeah. he doesn't have that speed rush and everyone wants to get after the passer. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but I do love that he got mentioned today. Um since we're in the defense, I will transition real quick to the guy that I was most excited about, yeah, if yeah. that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, was getting there. I was getting there next. I just wanted to touch on Camus Gruger Hill. I'm hoping that is how I pronounce your name. Um, this is the quote the Reich said about his interception today. He had the interception off of Andy Dalton on the first play um, of teams for Andy Dalton. Amazing interception. You all saw it, right? Amazing anticipation play. He's fast, instinctive, and makes plays on the ball. Camus made his chops playing special teams. Um, He's had opportunities playing defense on the teams that he's been with, but not mainstay on defenses. That sounds eerily familiar to me um, as Frankie Louvu. Frankie was a special team specialist in New York. That's where he made the roster. That's where he got his start. He was given a couple of opportunities. He came here as a special teams um, contributor. That is where we deployed him the most at first. We saw the same thing. This guy is just always around the ball. He's just instinctive. He knows where to be. Maybe his measurables aren't the you know relative athletic score of a top guy, but this dude can play football. He can get after quarterbacks. He has coverage ability. And he also has good instincts. If that's something that Camus can bring to this team, I think that we could probably stop trying to make Brandon Smith a thing. Yeah, I was, I was going to touch that on that. That sucks to I, say. Yeah. It sucks because yeah. I like Brandon Smith and I like yeah. the potential there. But it's been a lot of eh and a lot yeah. of not great coming yeah. about reporting for him. But this yeah. moment for Camus, man, give me that. You know what I mean? Like, if this is the guy that we're going to use as our best depth option and we're still going to deploy him on special teams and he can just become a a Swiss Army knife weapon on this football team, you think about Sam Franklin. You pair Sam Franklin with a guy like this, that they're both just flying down and making plays on special teams. Special teams can completely swing a football game. It sets the tone. Yeah, people think that special teams contributors are like the bad players on the team and that's why they have to play special teams. That's not entirely true. Like these guys have a skill set that is perfect for that job. That is something that you should not just discredit. So I'm really excited about this and I hope that through training camp, this is a constant theme where Camus is impressive and actually earns a little bit of time on the defensive side of the ball. God forbid there's injuries that happen. You know, mm-hmm. if Shaq or Frankie were to miss time, you really want to feel good about who's coming in. And I would not feel good about Brandon Smith being deployed in that position right now. I would feel halfway decent about Camus because of the fact that he has experience and this coaching staff has noticed things about him. 
mm-hmm. that is something to feel good about. Yep. Yeah, especially day one. Like, like usually these day guys one, are, man. We're talking about that splash, right? Yeah, yeah. He made it. Um, real quick, uh, we're actually like kind of right on time. Um, another Marquan McCall uh, tweet yes. by uh, Mike K. Mike so, K. said, Marquan McCall, remember the name. Yep. We talked about that. Marquand I feel like McCall. we've been talking about that name for a little bit. Yeah, I think I think we've uh, I think we've kind of announced things early on, um, uh. and and it's so weird that like you know you the first uh, day and like oh wow Adam Thielen's making a lot of catches oh wow <laughs> it doesn't matter that uh, uh Bryce Young is five ten like oh wow look they're Who using knew? the tight ends a lot yeah. like Bryce Young yes. throwing over the middle of the field to Shy <laughs> Smith like it's not even that Shy Smith is the six foot five receiver that everyone can see over everything. He's a little fella, and Bryce Young saw him over the middle and delivered a strike. I, man. Also, somebody's been beating the, T, the DJ Chark uh, drum, too, and you made a pretty yeah, nice Yeah, no, that's a big today. feather in your cap, man. Today, <laughs> today is a day of tooting of our own horns, know, you know? <laughs> you know what? We had a lot of good calls. We had a lot yeah. of good calls. Um, Let's hope that that carries through, because yeah, it's right. just training camp, and I'm really <laughs> hoping to be putting feathers in my cap throughout <laughs> the regular season. Yeah, so right now I, we got Cam Newton at the end of this season with 17 feathers in my cap. If I am right about everything that I have said. <laughs> All right, so so I'm I'm writing down your Camus call. So when, like anybody yep. else, uh, when when he's a, when he's um you know making plays in the regular season. All right, That's let's right. go back to uh well, we talked about it in the first um OTA first day of uh, training no, training camp. camp. Oh yeah, exactly first training camp day. Um, cool man. Well, it was awesome as usual. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people are going to have their own um. Uh, thoughts on training camp so we will yep. be mon- monitoring that mm-hmm. um, and we will try to get this up as much as possible throughout training camp for the people yep. that you know can't sit on twitter all day and see what yep. people are saying <laughs> yeah if, if you enjoy the reactionary um podcasts and and in conversation let us know and we'll try to get this thing out as often as possible cool yeah and, and just ignore like all the things that went wrong with my glasses fogging up and my um, computer um, losing Ignore them and, or like make that the focal point of any yeah. kind of ridicule and stuff that you want to like right, really right. really give him yeah. hell if you really right. want to he's he's a tough guy he can take it yeah dude put the glasses <laughs> back on we don't want to see your eyes they don't uh, they, they, they <laughs> um, okay cool well i appreciate you as always man um and yeah, we man. will get we'll get together again real soon i hope yep yes sir you got it keep pounding keep pounding <laughs>